I'm Arya Schwartz, along with Eli Horowitz, and this is the WNBA Insider Show. Each week, we cover various topics in the league using honest and critical analysis in a way that nobody else does. Welcome to the Insider. Eli, this is an emergency podcast. Some crazy stuff has gone on. UConn lost in the Final Four for the second consecutive season, which is mind-boggling with the amount of talent they have. And moving forward, I think the most important thing that we've really heard is that, and I might be butchering the name, so apologize if I am, but Azura Stevens will be skipping her final year and will be entering the WNBA draft. So I think that's a really exciting thing that we really need to talk about. Eli, how do you think that affects the upcoming draft as far as, you know, the the scheme of the first couple picks? And if if you were a team, I mean, we're going to get deep, but... Well, first of all, I'm blown away by this news. This is huge and i'm not trying to be sensationalist like this completely changes the first round completely she could go and i again i i am not being hyperbolic here she could be the first pick she could i i don't i'm not saying she will be but i'm when you ask me how could this affect it she could go as high as one i would not be stunned now, that might be because Vegas makes a trade, but she could go one, two, and I'd be absolutely stunned if she got past Chicago. So I'd still, you know, right now, you know, less than 24 hours since the news dropped, I still believe Asia Wilson will go one. If you have, you know, if I'm putting percentages on it, if I'm a betting man, but I will say I would be stunned if she gets past Chicago which means she's going top three. So, so let's, let's dive a little deeper into that. So we're looking at the teams that have the top three picks, all right? Well, or you could say top four, and even though that, that doesn't really matter because Chicago has three and four. But Vegas. Now, let's start with looking at Vegas. Asia Wilson, someone who the, has been the considered consensus first pick of the draft for a while now, why do you think that that Stevens might be a better fit or might be likely to go? Because you're not just talking about Stevens has the skill set to be the number one pick. Or correct me if I'm wrong. But what you're saying is, is that Stevens has that ceiling and that Stevens very well could fit better into certain positions that Asia doesn't. Yeah, let me give you this my scouting report on Stevens first because I think that's important to understand why you know we're so high on her. First of all, she's 6'6", six, six. and believe it or not, that's taller than Asia Wilson. She can shoot the three. Her percentages at UConn this year weren't um, anything to write home about, but if you look at the form she has and you watch her videos at USA Basketball Camp, she can shoot the three. Um, she's extremely aggressive on the glass and on defense. She can guard definitely threes and fours comfortably and there and and she's certainly tall enough to guard fives and athletic enough if she has to to switch out even on some twos and I'm, and that's just you know switching briefly on a possession and she is just so athletic and and usually you know what I mean usually there are players where you're like man this player has a lot of finesse but they might be a little soft or man this player is a brick house but they lack some touch and finesse. She has both. And that is why I feel like she might have the highest ceiling of anyone in this draft. Wow. 
I mean that I and I'm not trying to again. We're not trying to sensationalize that. That I I respect your opinion on this, but that that is, that can be shattering for other teams. I mean, moving on down, if you think about that, okay, there's been a lot of talk of whether or not Bill Embiid, or as some people will call him Trader Bill, is going to try and trade this first pick. Now, he has a lot more value in that possible trade. If 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 that was true that he wanted to do that. If you're Bill Ambier, are you now shopping that pick? Well, you're always shopping, in my opinion, right? Like, to come out and say we're taking Asia Wilson, then you have no leverage. So you definitely got to shop the pick. But I got to be honest, and I want your opinion because, I mean, this is – man, I mean, for – okay, for Chicago, it's a no-brainer. And like I said, three and on, if, if Stevens is there, you take her. But for Indy and Vegas, man, they have impossible choices to make. Um, you know, Asia Wilson just fits what Vegas needs. They need a face of the franchise. Asia Wilson's dominant, a great player, can play the four and the five, is perfect for the rebuild. But you're sitting there singing, man, Stevens is six six and might have a higher ceiling. Then. Let's say let's say Vegas does take Wilson. Now Indy's sitting there saying, "Man, we were going to take Kelsey Mitchell. She's a guard. We need a scoring guard. She could be the fra- the face of our franchise." But man, Stevens might have a higher ceiling. So you have one of these situations where do you take the right fit or do you just take the better prospect? Well, and that's where I think a lot of a lot of team positioning comes in, right? If you're Indiana, I th- and we've talked about this a lot. I think Indiana by far is in the toughest position of the first round. Indiana is in a spot where they they traded away, away their starting point guard. They basically said with either with one of our first picks in the first round, we are going to get the point guard of the future, or they're planning on doing some like unheralded trade in in the draft days, right? So to me. Indy's the one who is kind of secured in the toughest position in the game. If I'm Vegas, you know, I looked at it like this, and we and we talked about this. Asia Wilson's somebody who I think is a cornerstone of a team. That's who Asia Wilson is. Is Stevens also a cornerstone of the team? As far as, you know, being a face of the franchise, being someone who who is going to, for years and years, be that person that you associate with the team? I don't necessarily know. Do I think Steve? Do I agree with you that Stevens might have a higher ceiling or does have a higher ceiling? Yes. And that's the problem because you're completely you're completely right. Asia Wilson just fits the bill as the number one pick. The problem is I don't think I don't think Bill Ambeer is someone who th- who really cares about that. I think Bill Ambeer, if he feels Stevens will be the better pro, that's who he's going to select. Uh, Look, Asia Wilson won a national title. She's been like one of the fa- – she's the AP player of the year for college this year in 2018. But again, Bill Ambeer is not someone to sit there and say who had more accolades in college. He's someone to sit there and say who is going to be the better pro. And I, there's just something in my gut that says Stevens kind of has that hot, slightly higher ceiling. Now – I'm almost at a loss for words. Like, what would you do if you're Bill Ambeer? If I'm Bill Ambeer, to me, I'm thinking, I'm, I honestly throw a whole clog in the wrench. All right, I mean, let, let's say, let's put it this way. 
there's two camps of thought. Either Bill was legitimately thinking about about shopping the first round pick because he wasn't that sold on Asia. If that's true, I don't think there's a question. I think he quote unquote shocks the world and goes with Stevens, right? But 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 think about what? this though. Like does she legitimately again, there there's just so many elements that could go into this. There's no guarantee there's at least the guarantee that we thought we had you know, three days ago for Asia going number one, that shit's out the window. Excuse my language. Right. So, okay, let, let's put it this way. Let me be a little more decisive in my words. There's two teams that have two first-round picks, Chicago and Indiana. It's going to be hard for them to trade with other teams the first pick, right? Because if you're going to trade the first pick, you're going to want two first-round picks. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so let's look at each team. Chicago. Now, we've talked about this. Let's say he offers Chicago picks three and four. I don't think Chicago would do that. There's just, especially with Stevens in the mix, there's way too much talent now. You'd rather have picks three and four. Now, what I do think Lambeer should do is offer the first pick to Pokey Chapman in exchange for picks two and eight. And, and, and say, take the first pick, you get... Asia Wilson, Pokey, and and Indiana would have to at least think about that because they they're think about th- honestly no I think about it but no if I'm Pokey and and Bill comes to me and says hey I got the first pick you can move up one spot and give me one and eight I'm Pokey and I laugh at him right because think about it this way just po- like. I agree. I know what you're getting at, which is that which is that Indiana's in a tough position. But think about it this way: they're also they don't have to make the tough decision, right? Vegas goes and Vegas says, "All right, we're going Wilson." Then Fever have then Fever obviously are in a tough position because then they go they have the same question that everyone else in the draft has, which is, "Do we go Stevens over who we had already basically decided was going to be?" you know, the next person on our team, right? Yeah. So to me, if, if Indy gets that offer, you 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 kind of scoff at them and you say, come back with something better. Yeah, I mean, no, but right. I agree with you. I'm not doing that trade if I'm Indiana. What I'm saying to you is if I'm Bill Ambeer, I'm trying to convince Indiana to give me the second and eight pick for the first pick. That's what my move would be. I don't think Chicago would, you know, obviously you can – because that's the thing. Like, if Bill tried to trade the pick for three and four to Chicago, he might not get Stevens then. And I think he definitely wants Stevens or Wilson. He wants a big. So the risk is if he got picks three and four, then Chicago moves up and takes Asia Wilson and Indy takes Stevens. He's stuck with some of these guards he probably doesn't even want. So I think, I think Bill – Yeah, but I mean he could get – you know. but answer me this. All right, and, and, and this is something that I want to get into also, which is, all right, we're, we've been talking for the past 10 minutes or so about the first four picks. Well, the first three teams in this draft, all right? Vegas, Fever, Sky. Now, I agree with you. Let's, let's work off some assumption that Vegas moves a little bit, just for a little bit, and Vegas moves to three and four with the Sky. Gabby Williams and Diamond to Shields? Or, you know, Jordan Canada? I guess I guess that doesn't fit for for Vegas, so so they'd be more looking for some bigs. Gabby I just, Williams. I just feel like you know? with McBride, 
and Plum on the perimeter, he's going to want to build off a scoring for Wilson or Stevens. I, I'm, I'm very confident in that. So I just – I don't even want to waste my time. I, Chicago and Vegas, I don't mm-hmm. think that trade happens. I give that less than a 5% chance. Okay. I think the better chance of Bill getting that pick move is with Indiana. I agree with you. I don't think Indiana should do it. I think he has a better chance convincing Pokey Chapman of saying, hey, give me the second and eighth pick because what he what he could do is try to talk Pokey into this notion of, hey, you guys are probably the worst team in the league. You're rebuilding. I'm giving you a chance to get Asia Wilson and completely change your organization. And then if he trades back and then has picks two and eight, he can get Stevens at two, which would be perfect for him to play the four. And then at eight, he can, you know, fill in where he needs to fill in at that point. Um, that, that's I, I what I think he's going to try to do. Now, if he can't get a trade, honestly, whether he takes Wilson or Stevens, I think it's wide open. And call it a hot take, but that's where I feel. All right. So I think, you know, we can only work off assumptions so far. Let, so let's kind of keep it going. One and two, let's assume, sorry guys, but let's assume Wilson goes to Fever, or Wilson goes to Aces. Now, Indiana Fever sitting there, do you go Mitchell or Stevens? You know, they, again, we talk, I talked about this a few seconds ago. They traded away their, their starting point guard. They kind of showed, like, if there's anybody in the league in the first round who kind of has has given the the teleprompter away of of what they're planning to do in the first round. It's Indy, right? Right. So there's two ways they could go about it other than trading. If they hold serve, which I think they should, especially now that there are nine to ten impact players in this draft and they could get two of them, they have two options. They could just go ahead and take Mitchell and pass on Stevens and then kind of do what we've been saying before. With the eighth pick, they have a, probably a pretty good chance of taking Maria Vidiva. So they'd get their big in Vidiva, and they'd get their guard in, in Mitchell. And I think that's their most secure path to getting the two positions they need. Having said that, we've discussed ad nauseum that Mitchell and Vidiva are both question marks in their own right. So if they wanted to flip their strategy, it could be, okay, we traded for Alexander as a five. Let's take Stevens at two. She's a French, potentially franchise-altering four. And then we got to just pray and pray that Lexi Brown will now fall to eight um, because of the impact Stevens has being in this draft. And then maybe they get Stevens and Lexi Brown, and then they still get a point guard and a big. So I don't know. Yeah, and I, I've been thinking about that all day. Which of those two scenarios do you think is better for Indy if it played out that way? getting Mitchell and Vadiva as planned or kind of going the opposite approach of taking Stevens and then hoping they can somehow still get Lexi Brown at eight. I think you got to hope for Lexi Brown at eight. Um, something I really wanted to that that's been rattling in my brain all day also is been, we've talked about this almost to an, an overly ex, over extent. Um, there was, you know, there was eight to nine top talents in this draft class, right? And now you add one more, and there's been a couple other people. Like, don't forget, there's been some other players who have who have committed to this draft, but none of them affect the first round like Stevens does. And with Stevens coming in, 
what that's going to do is that's going to bump other people down. And we'll get into the effects of that later on. And, and, and I think we got to get into like regrading the trade between Indy, Minnesota, and Phoenix. Because I think this, this, this announcement of Stevens joining the draft completely changes that. But something that's so interesting, if, if I'm Indy... Wait, but to clarify, you're, so you're saying you would take Stevens then oh, if yeah. you were Indy? Oh, yeah. If, I, if I'm Indy, because here's the thing. If I'm Indy, and, and this is my personal take. I'm not going to say that this is something that's 100% backed by stats or blah, blah, blah. Just watching them. Kelsey Mitchell, amazing talent, amazing skill. Jordan Canada blew me away. To me, the top guards in, in, the, in the draft are Canada and Brown and then Mitchell. And, and that might be a hot take or whatever you want to call it. Jordan Canada blew me away playing against top talents with her speed, her focus, and her vision. All right. Lexi Brown was someone who showed me that she was a complete point guard. She's not the greatest at every single detail, but she's a complete point guard. Kelsey Mitchell. The question marks that I have of her having the ability to do a little bit more are still in my head, and whether or not you know it, uh, factual things are going to back my opinion. My opinion is is that she's the third best out of all three of those. So if I'm Indy, I'm going Stevens, and you're hoping that you know I, most likely Canada ain't falling that far, and Kelsey Mitchell probably also. But I'm hoping one of those three point guards falls to eight, and I don't think yeah. that's crazy at all. If you look at the I think no, I agree with you. I think, look, Indiana is not one piece away from winning. They're not one Kelsey Mitchell away from winning. They are two to three to even four pieces away from winning. So I just think you have to take the best available when you're rebuilding. I think Stevens is that high of a prospect that you just have to take her there. And then, like you said, you hope that Lexi Brown or another point guard is still available. And honestly, if they're not, that's okay because you're – they're probably going to be right back there next year. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. In the lottery. So, you know, maybe next year they get Asia Durr, right? Or, or another elite point guard. Like, you can't always – you're not going to suddenly go from the worst team in the league to a contender in one draft. Yeah. So I, th I think they need to be a little bit more focused on taking the best player available instead of Kelsey well, Mitchell. Exactly. And, and you know? think about it this way, all right? You, you're, you, you stay with the normal picks that we got right now, okay? So Fever at two and then Fever again at eight. I'm just looking at it. With Stevens in there also and you picking Stevens, so then, like, I, all right, I'm not going to lie. I'm looking at right now uh, WB, uh, W Basketball Blog by Anila, all right? Looking at this right now. And, and, and this is – by the way, shout out. Yeah. That's a big shout out. You know us. We give critical and honest analysis, positive or negative, and she does a great job with these mock drafts, man. I read the last one, and I was like, she convinced me because we didn't have Gulich in ours, and I'll give her credit. She changed my mind, and I put her into mine. So, pro you know, she does a great hey, job with that. Respect where respect is due, and, and I've spoken to her a few times, and she puts in a lot of hard work, and I've, we have a lot of respect for her. But I, So back to this, I'm, I'm looking at her – she just put out a brand new pro, uh, projected draft for the first round, second round, and third. I think um, I'm just looking at it, and and someone that I've been high up on this whole this whole tournament has been Kia Nurse. All right, so let's just assume that Lexi Brown, Jordan Canada, and Kelsey Mitchell all go by pick eight. Just numbers wise, that means that Kia Nurse is still around. All right, that means that Diamond De Shields or Victoria Vivian, Vivians is probably still around. And like, so there's no way that Kelsey Mitchell, Jordan Canada, Gabby Williams, 
Vivian's and Lexi Brown and DeShields are all gone and Nurse are all gone by eight, right? So you're still like, that just, that's why, again, back to the trade. This announcement of Stevens coming in here changes the whole aspect of it and to me drops the Minnesota Lynx draft or trade grade even lower than it was before. And I've already been critical of it. But now you're talking about a situation where the number 12 pick is, is you know, the, the one to two player who is just out of that cusp of being an elite talent in this draft. So, you know, you, you might be able to convince me that there's only nine, nine and 10 top talents and the 12th pick really isn't worth that much. So, like, it wasn't that bad of a trade. But convince me now that we have, you know, 10, 10 top talents and then you're going to tell me what? There's not three players out there who are arguably worth going in the first round? Come on. Yeah, that's the thing. And that's a good point. And nobody's talking about that today on Twitter. And I knew you were going to bring it up. And it's an excellent point is the losers of all this are the teams that traded out their picks, right? Like you said, the Lynx. Yeah, they would have had the 12th pick. But look, the 12th pick now could be Gulich. It could be Mavunga. It could be Billings. Um, you know, those are bigs that could be rotation-level players, and they lost their bigs this offseason. Look at the eighth pick. We were critical of Phoenix, and I've kind of come around on that trade a little bit more. I think by the end of my reporting, I was a little convinced that it was worth them trading the eighth pick for January just because they are in a win-now mode. Um, Because think about it. They traded for a starter in January, whereas Minnesota traded for a backup in Robinson. But Mm -hmm. having said that, like, that that eighth pick now, like that, you know, that's going to be a Lexi Brown or a Vivian's. Um, so that that trade, like you said, that those grades go a little bit down, and and Indy is a big winner in all this because, like we said, now they can take Stevens and still get a very good guard, whether it be Brown or Nurse, um, with that eighth pick. And, and maybe they still, you know, honestly, maybe you still take Vidiva if you're indie. Like, like I said, I don't think they have to take a point guard because I just don't think you can address your rebuild in one draft. I think you just take the best players you possibly can. They're probably going to be in the lottery next year too. And then at that point, they can fill in the gaps that they need. But Stevens is too high a ceiling. I think, again, I went into this pod, I, I posted a mock earlier today and I had Mitchell staying at two and Stevens going three. Um, and partially that's just because Stevens would be such a perfect fit in Chicago as a stretch four. But the more we talk, I just really feel like Indy's got to take Stevens if she's there. Do you think, okay. And, and I'm just going to throw this out there. I think it's kind of crazy even in my own mind. What about Chicago trying to move up a little? Okay, yeah, let, I wanted to talk about Chicago. Before we talk about them moving up, though, I want to just finish this exercise. And we're not going to go mm-hmm. through the whole first round. Let's just go through Chicago. Mm-hmm. So, so I think we said we still feel like Wilson goes one, even though it's close, and Lambeer will definitely might try to make a trade. I think we both agree that it's really tough, but Indy should go with Stevens, too. So then let me ask you. And looking at Anila's mock draft, she has then Chicago taking Kelsey Mitchell and Gabby Williams. But I don't think Chicago wants Kelsey Mitchell. They have a point guard in Vandersloot. They have a shooting guard in Quigley. 
They love those players. Probably, I think they kind of overrate them, if you ask me. But that's, you know, that's our opinion. But they need wings, right? They need wings. And so I ask you, who who should they take if Wilson and Stevens go one and two? Because there's so many directions they could go in at that point. So I, I haven't voiced, and to be completely fair, I haven't voiced this opinion out loud. It was just something that kind of, popped into my head Victoria Vivians you know what about Gabby and Victoria I mean that would give them some really good length and then you'd have Gabby who's a little bit more of a you know defensive minded player and Vivian's a little bit more of an offensive minded player but again I just I don't think they want Mitchell or Vivians really just from my reporting I I I just get a sense they're not feeling so those players. So who do you think is the right fit to them? What, Diamond? I think I think they would probably go with Diamond to Shields and Gabby Williams, which, which, which is kind of what they had before, right? That's kind of what they had before. Um, I think that's what they want. I think they look at Gabby as just such an that stretch for elite athlete and Diamond is someone who can – play alongside of Vandersloot, play alongside of Quigley, but who also could handle the ball if she needed to. So I would say Wilson goes one, Stevens goes two, and Chicago sticks with their original plan of going Gabby and Diamond. But the one wrinkle I wanted to throw out is the idea that they could take Canada and dangle her to Seattle and Dallas, who we both know want a point guard. So expanding on that, here's my question for you on that. If they do that, who do you think? I mean, I guess to me, it's it's if if you are in this position, you're a GM or you're the head coach or or whatever, you're the one who who is given the position of power for this. You're sitting there and you're saying, "All right, we have three and four. One of these players who is out there is somebody who we have ID'd as we need for our team." Right? If if, if you're a top three pick, you know that there is somebody who you need for your team to grow. So, so if I'm Chicago, I'm thinking I have these two picks. I'm going to use one of them to get the player I know everyone wants, kind of what you're saying, and dangle them, and then the other player that I want. Right. So to me, who do you think is that player for Chicago, I guess, is my first question before I start even thinking about it. Because if they don't, because I don't think there is a player who necessarily stands out in this draft and screams Chicago Sky. I think they want Diamond to Shields. I think... They recognize that even though she has some locker room questions, she her 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 ceiling is as high as it is gets. Like Asia Wilson, Wilson Stevens, and and uh, the Shields, those three have, in my opinion, like just athletically the highest ceiling in the draft. And I think Chicago is just willing to take the risk of the locker room stuff be, to get the Shields. And then, like we said, they could either be conservative and take Gabby Williams or take Canada and kind of see if they can trade her to one of these teams that desperately needs a point guard. And then they can, you know, have that team select Gabby Williams for them. Well, so so that was kind of something interesting that I wanted to talk about. I know we're not going to – we're already kind of running over. But I wanted to talk about this. Seattle and Dallas. We had talked a lot about Seattle and Dallas possibly wanting to make some motion in this draft, right? Trying trying to make some moves, possibly get up, get Jordan Canada. 
what do you think that this does to that? Do you think now that they're kind of more reserved about possibly trading, saying, oh, if if Mitchell goes early and if Chicago really wants to shields, then we're in a situation where we can grab Gabby Williams or Jordan Canada, you know, or or Victoria Vivians to Dallas, which I was big on. That's a good point because they might be sitting there now saying, well, we were going to trade up for Canada, but hey, if we can get Gabby Williams without even having to trade up or if we can get Diamond to Shields without even having to trade up, we'll just do that and not give up something extra. So yeah, it kind of it it's weird. It 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 almost gives them a little bit more leverage because there's more good players in the draft. So they don't they're not as desperate to move up. Does that make sense? No, it hundred percent makes sense. I think and and again, we had been talking about those were two teams to keep your eyes on that, that may they might want to move. And then you're looking at a team like Washington, who, you know, shameless plug, we had Blake on a couple uh, uh, last week, right? And his wife's the was the head coach for Vivians and his father in law is projected to be the head coach for Vivians in, in pro. So, you know, are, are they sitting there now? They're going, oh, this is awesome. You know, we have our eyes on Vivian's. We thought maybe, you know, there might be a small chance after her great, her great uh, tournament that she might be going earlier and we would have to, you know, analyze some other people. But now, I, I just think the strength for the later picks in the draft just got up higher. And now you can't have a situation where Chicago or even Indy, Chicago and Indy, I think, lost a lot of footing as far as what the value they had for holding a trade. Yeah, because Seattle might sit there now and say, okay, we don't even need to trade up for Canada because Chicago doesn't want a point guard. So if Chicago takes Gabby Williams and Diamond to Shields, man, we, we might just get Canada anyways. And then Dallas, I mean, wow. I mean, think about that. Kelsey Mitchell... And Jordan Canada could be available at five. That's insane. Because if Indy and, and, and Las Vegas take Wilson and Stevens and then Chicago sticks with their plan of DeShields and Gabby, now Seattle and Dallas, they're going to get Mitchell and Canada in some order without having to make any trades. And then, I mean, I can't imagine Washington going for Lexi Brown, so then we're in the situation we talked about earlier. Indy gets Lexi Brown. Kia Nurse is still around in Connecticut, you know, jumping for joy. The Sun are saying, hey, you know, a lot of projected projected drafts said Kia was going to Connecticut. So now Connecticut's standing there dancing, dancing all over the place. So to me, this gives so much more. Everybody who did well last season is kind of just sitting back and going, awesome. Unless, of course, you're the Lynx. In which case you're saying, ah, oh, crap, why do we do that trade? Yeah, I mean, look at looking at. I'm looking at Anila's mock, and I mean, Maria Vadiva could go tenth to New York. And as much as some people might laugh, she, she, a lot of people a few months ago, people thought she could be the second pick in this draft, and she might fall all the way to ten. So you could be picking tenth in this draft and getting a player in Vadiva that, if she hits her ceiling, could be an all star. Well, and. 
And then and then the Sparks are sitting there saying, "Man, we get Monique exactly, Billings exactly." Easy. And then and then the Mercury go, you know, we get Gulich. But but even beyond that, and they need a backup center. So exactly, I don't know. It, it's weird. It, it, in some ways, like you said, everyone's a winner except for teams that traded their picks. And and then even beyond that, looking at the second round, right? All right. Mavunga, someone who was projected to go first round. Now she's bumped out to the second, all right? Um, Mercedes Russell. I saw a lot of positive feedback on her. A lot of people seeing her stock rise. She wasn't necessarily a, a high pick in the first round or anything like that, but she was someone who people said could move from the second round to, you know, the 10 through 12 spot of the first round. She's more secured in the second round. Atkins, also more secured in the second round. This is has ripple effects that are going to affect far beyond things that like you know the 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 casual WNBA fan is going to understand. Now I have one more question for you. Now this mock draft has Kelsey Mitchell to Chicago. Now I think both of us kind of felt like eh they don't really want her or need her, but I'm starting to probably understand why she put her there is like again like for the same reason we said Stevens Indiana should just go ahead and take Stevens because of the high end ceiling. I mean, as much as we've poked at the game of Mitchell, we do know that as least as a scorer, she has the highest ceiling of any of the point guards. So, I mean, should Chicago just be like, you know what? It's not the perfect puzzle piece, but we just you have to take the best talent. And again, what what Chicago benefits from is they can take like they can take a player they don't necessarily want, but they know another team wants. So I feel like it might exactly. be tough for them to pass on Mitchell, and, and that's why I think this mock makes a good point of putting her three. Let's finish there because I feel like we didn't really – we kind of just assumed, oh, Chicago will pass over Mitchell because they don't want a point guard. But I don't know. What do you think about that? To me, I think by the time we get to five, we're gonna it's going to be very telling as to what Chicago knows about the rest of the league. All right. We, we've talked about this a lot. Coaches, GMs, feeling out other GMs and coaches to understand what their stance is on things. If I'm Chicago, all right, you should already be in communication with Seattle, Dallas, and Washington, and Indy, and Vegas. You know, just to say, hey, if you wanted to trade, what would it be? What would you need? Right? Just to get the conversation rolling. And to me, it's going to be very telling. If Chicago takes Kelsey Mitchell, and this isn't me hating on her, this is me saying if if Chicago takes Kelsey Mitchell, it's much more them saying we know that other teams are interested in her and we know that it isn't a BS interest, right? Because they could very easily take someone like Jordan Canada, who a lot of people are standing up and saying, that's who I want, that's who I need, right? Like that was the person people were trading up for. Nobody was talking necessarily talking about trading up to get Mitchell. So to me, Chicago's move is going to be kind of a a, a tell for what their insight is for the rest of the league. If Chicago takes Mitchell, honestly, I'd be shocked unless, unless there's a trade that happens soon after. And, and real quickly, just, just so our fans know, it is like often in other leagues, teams will trade and retrade during the draft more common in the W is drafting and then doing a post-draft trade, just so people know. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to imagine. Like, if Kelsey Mitchell was considered the 
like pretty much she was agreed upon by every mock we've seen and all our sources to be the consensus number two pick. Fair enough to say, right? Definitely. So even if we don't, like I know you said you may not be the biggest fan of her game, but I think we can agree for the sake of conversation, she was considered the consensus number two pick. So if Stevens goes two, I mean, it, it seems like Chicago would, it just seems like it would be tough not to take her three or four if for nothing else the leverage of a trade. It's just, I don't know, how could she drop more than two slots if she was considered the consensus number two? Yeah, but I think, you know, so much of goes into it as, you know, it's the balancing act of what fits my team and who's the top talent. <clears throat> we, are, we argue about this all the time, off air, on air, and, and this happens in every league. Do, when you're drafting, do you go with the best player on the board or do you go with the player who fits your team the best? For Chicago, at, at, at three and four, in all honesty, I think you have the ability to say we're going to find, we're going to take that one player that by far, you know, fits, fits us the best. And then you take another pick for the top talent and then you kind of shop them around. And, and I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. I just don't see Kelsey Mitchell wearing a Sky uniform yeah. this year. So I think we're kind of on agreement, right? It's like Chicago needs to just take one play, use one of those picks to take someone they 100% want and need on their roster and use the other pick to take the best player available with the intentions of making a trade. I want to ask you this real quick. If With Chicago, and, and this can kind of be our last thing, I, I want your take on this. With Chicago and and all of the possibilities they have, let's be slightly realistic. Chicago is not going to be making a trade. You know, nobody is going to be trading Kelsey, Kelsey Mitchell for a current All Star, right? You're you're not getting none. None of these trades we're talking about is going to be, you know, a face of a franchise moving on draft day or you know a a, a veteran who's been with the team for a really long time and is a fan favorite moving. So, so to me, this is why I wouldn't be surprised if Chicago didn't go Mitchell. If Chicago went and just said, you know what, we're big on Gabby Williams and we're big on DeShields or, you know, we're big on this person and we're big on this person. So we're just going to draft them and sit back and be happy. Because at the end of the day, I think out of everybody, Chicago still, after this move by Stevens declaring, is still the, in the best position in the draft. Yeah, it's just hard for me to imagine now you're saying Kelsey Mitchell would go fifth, which is just crazy to think earlier this morning she was the consensus number two, and you're saying there's a scenario where she drops all the way to five. Well, exactly, and and that's the thing. that That's how crazy it's gotten. That's, to me, why it's so wild. Like, this doesn't happen. You don't have somebody, uh, you know, a week before the draft saying, hey, by the way, uh, I'm going to go into the draft. That completely shifts the makeup, you know, and, and not to shamelessly plug us, but we will be talking about somebody um, in our next show or in our next segment, um, Renee Montgomery, who is somebody who I'm really interested to see her take on how she affects the 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 makeup of this league, the, the the takes of this league, going from a top-tier contender to a team that many are saying now is a top contender. Yeah, I'm really excited for our conversation with her. I mean, I love covering this draft stuff. It's fun because of the trades and the, and the you know, all the possibilities. Um, but 
you know, at the end of the day, these are college players and that's not our forte. So excited to dive back into kind of the current pros and, and, you know, because these players in this draft are going to impact the pros, but, you know, that's more in two years or three years or four years. And so I'm excited to jump back and have that conversation with Renee um, because Atlanta could really, you know, be a dark horse this year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm excited too. It'll be a, it'll be a fun little chat and it'll be fun to really see what's, what's going to happen. I know we got some exciting news coming around draft day. So stay tuned folks. Um, that's all for us this week or for this episode. That's all for this episode of the WNBA Insider Show. I'm Arya Schwartz along with Eli Horowitz.